everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Word About Wealth podcast, where we tackle the often complicated world of money and finance. My name is Kevin. And this is Van. What we do here on this podcast is take a common sense approach to the topics surrounding money, do our best to define some concepts, give some examples, and just have a casual conversation to help you understand. Our ultimate goal here is to help you build wealth. It is important to note that we are not financial advisors, nor do we pretend to be. What we share on this podcast should be taken as general education and financial entertainment and must not be misconstrued as official financial advice. That's right, sir. How are you, my friend? Pretty well. How about yourself? Doing okay. I was just telling you, I was just telling Van that, you know, I'm kind of on a countdown now. I got to make sure all of our, all of the work is uh, kind of wrapped up over the next couple of months. So uh, putting in some extra hours here at, in the late evening, which has been interesting. It was funny because you were like, oh yeah, I'm going to be taking off for a couple of months too. And I'm like, well, well where are you going? And I just yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> I forgot you having a you second know, I'm traveling coming you know, down. Yeah. <laughs> Not much of a vacation for sure, but um, yeah, it should be good times. Yeah. And you've been busy yourself, right? Renovating your house and your dad has been like a Superman, I feel like. <laughs> he's like doing everything. Uh, homeboy is crazy, dude. He's like... Homeboy is crazy. <laughs> he's just very... Um, he is a pretty talented guy, I have to admit, and you know, for where he came from and all that. And I think a lot of the things that he's learned over the years has just been kind of, you know, him tinkering around and figuring it out. But yeah, um, he's been helping me with renovating the outside of my house for the last uh, couple weeks now. And hey, we're almost done. I think the last few things we need to do is just really finish painting the house. Um, but mm -hmm. other than that, yeah, it's, it's been pretty grueling <laughs> the last couple of weeks. And you, but in this process, you've saved a pretty penny, haven't you? Yeah. So I, I originally got some, so um, just to kind of let everybody know, I had some pretty bad termite damage around the house and I got a bunch of quotes and the quotes, <laughs> it's, it's pretty ridiculous, Kevin. It, it started from like, I, I had some quotes as low as 1500, but then some quotes as high as 15,000. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what's, what's going on that here? Was a lot. So I probably talked about a dozen guys and like a majority of them were saying like, you know what? You can probably just patch these, uh, these holes. Um, and then whenever we replace a roof, we can replace these beams as, uh, you know, when the roof is off. So, you know, just, just do your patch job right now and you, yeah, I can probably just do it myself. So that's what I did. And since my dad was on furlough, we decided just to have him come over and do other renovation projects. So like, you know, one, it was going to be just a quick like patch job throughout the house. And it turned out to be like a, a almost like a whole new project for, you know, my front yard yeah. and the side yard and everything else. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. I had happened to be able to drop by just to say hi and, um, I mean, Van's dad was just like huffing, puffing, like he just like he was in the game seven of the World Series, you know, like he, he was doing a whole ton of work. I was uh, very impressed with. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, too, because um, whenever I, there was always this pang of guilt because during the weekdays when he was working outside, you know, I'm working in, the com in front of a computer, like in air conditioned room, and just, you know, oh, just in my in my in my here. shorts. <laughs> I'm super comfortable, but I know he's out there like just working his butt off. So I'm, I, I would just feel so guilty all the time. But <laughs> it is what it is. But I, I, tr I definitely help him out, um, you know, pretty much every single day. So it was just kind of a yeah. weird schedule because I would 
you know, wake up early just to do some work and then I would get the kids ready for school, then do some work after that. And then I would help my dad out, then put the kids back to bed. And then after that, go finish up some work that I started in the afternoon, you know? So it's just yeah that type of schedule um, around the clock for a couple of weeks. But I mean, I think your schedule was kind of similar too, right? Uh, well, minus the very grueling uh, in-laws coming over to, or my dad helping me build a house kind of thing. Minus that part, yes. Uh, the other parts, are, I, I suppose, are a little similar. But no, it, it's it's the house is beautiful, and I'm glad a lot of that stuff is getting taken care of. Well, Van, you know, speaking of parents, I know today's episode is going to talk about our mother-in-law. Um, and she right. had a very big milestone event that happened recently. If you'd like to tell the audience. Yeah. So, um, basically her employer, she wasn't planning to get to this point for another couple of years, but her employer gave her a, a really nice retirement package that was really yeah. too, um, too good, too good of an offer to pass up. And the first thing when she got that package, um, she actually came to me and asked, um, whether or not she should take it. Mm-hmm. When I looked at all of their, the package and what it entails and what uh, type of benefits you'll get, it just seemed like it was a no brainer, but still like we still had to do some homework on the side and sure. So for this episode, you know, I thought it would be a good thing to really talk about, you know, what do you do after you pull that retirement trigger? Right. Because, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, building your retirement and like, Oh, it's going to be in the future and it's going to be, you know, mm-hmm. um, you have to get ready for that. But, for my mother-in-law, that future was today, and she she had to figure out really quickly whether or not one uh, whether or not she can retire uh, with what they're offering her, and secondly, whether or not it was really the right time for her to really do the retirement. Because again, you know, we weren't really planning this until like maybe she was 62, 63, but she had to do it like you know a few years earlier than that. So I mean, it's a good problem to have, that's for sure. And and I would say, why don't we kind of provide some context too, Van, on this? I mean, so. You know, this, when did she get the offer? Do you remember? It was probably what, yeah. like end of the summer? Yeah, it was about like, uh, like I would say, it was a probably somewhat time around June. And then she June, had to July. basically make yeah. it, yeah, June, July. And she had to make a decision, I believe, like within 30 days. And if you yeah. can imagine, like, it's a hard choice. And she's been at that company for uh, 20 some odd years, right? 25. No, l- longer like that. than that. It's, um, I mean, that? I think it was mid, mid eighties. Yeah. So it was over 30 oh, years or okay. something. Over 30 years. I apologize. Yeah. I'm thinking the wrong numbers. Yeah. Even 30 some odd years. So that's a big shift, but we know that our mother-in-law wanted to retire at some point. Our father-in-law, right. the, uh, what do we call him? Um, the master, the, ma- the master has retired and, is spending his retirement in, in pure bliss, I want to say, uh, hanging around. <laughs> um, but our mom, mother-in-law has been trying to, you know, she's trying to definitely on the path towards retirement, right? But we always mm-hmm. figured it was still about one, two, three years away, if not a little bit more. Um, and when this came, you know, honestly, I, I remember telling Matt, I was like, I don't think she's going to take it. You know, it's too early. But I, it, the more that she was, you know, talking to Van about it and hearing her on a week to week basis where she's like, you know, it might be the right time, the more it seemed to materialize. So it was kind of a, but because of that timeline, right, which is that 30 days is so, I mean, how do you make a decision on 30 days unless, you know, you kind of are ready for it? So in some ways I think about it and I'm like, maybe she was ready. (laughs) Maybe she was just ready to go. And you know, the funny thing is I, I was like, oh man, aren't you sad about like not seeing your coworkers that you've known for, you know, 
30 something years and she had like no remorse about it. <laughs> she was just like, no, I don't, I'm not going to miss this place. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I was like trying to be very consoling. Like it's going to be okay. And she's like, no, it, it's fine. I'm good. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure she, she would much rather be around your daughter <laughs> yeah. than, uh, no, than I, her coworkers. Yeah. I guess, uh, as a, as a business owner myself, I want my employees to feel that pain when they leave, you know, and they retire. <laughs> I mm. guess uh, most people don't feel that way about their jobs. Well, it depends, right? Because I, I think most, a lot of people that I spoke to who uh, pulled their retirement trigger, it's kind of a bittersweet moment because, yeah, you know, of course they're going to look forward to their retirement, but then you're right. Like they, they think back at all of their, uh, relationships that they'll have and, and that they had and, Really, you know, all the water cooler discussions and all that stuff. Exactly. But I mean, I think to most people, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, mom just hated drinking water or something. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> it sounded like, but it sounded like she was, uh, she, you know, she really wanted just to help really be a grandmother and uh, yep. be a really good grandmother. And uh, I think it, awesome. it, the timing was almost perfect since you and, um, you and your wife are having a baby soon. So, yeah. you know, you basically have, you really have another set of hands to help you there and very absolutely. capable hands at that. Yeah, absolutely. Very, uh, very true. And yeah, so there's definitely some like, Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, that timing <laughs> is interesting, you know? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. um, but yeah, no, you know, it's funny or I don't know if it's the same for you, Van, but I've heard a lot of, especially corporate companies having these packages, right. Where, you know, they're making that calculus, especially since when during that time of the height of the pandemic, the stimulus money was starting to wear off to some degree. Um, a lot of these voluntary packages were being sent out. I heard a lot of those across our friends at corporate companies, just trying to make it so that, you know, it becomes a very enticing thing. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how many of them ended up taking it or what the percentage was, but um, definitely understanding it, um, having lived through it, you know, just gone, gone through it on my side for the business side. Like I can see why that calculus makes sense. You know, you might pay a lot in the upfront for it, but it really saves you down the line, you know, from a recurring kind of monthly paycheck standpoint. So uh, it was just interesting to see that actually happen and to know our, our mother-in-law actually did it. Uh, I thought that was kind of unique, um, gave a different insight to it. You know, I did ask her about whether or not other people in her company received the same retirement package. And of course they did, uh -huh. right? But um, the the interesting fact is some people um, didn't take the package, even though it was a really, yeah. in my opinion, was a really good deal. And I, yeah. I, I chalked it off for, you know, maybe you know at that point, one, um, they didn't have enough to retire on or, or, or they mm. maybe re needed 100% or close to 100% of their current income. So they couldn't really take... Uh, a hit yeah. on their income that well. And um, secondly, maybe they had a whole bunch of debts or something like that, right? So, yeah. I mean, th these are the yeah. type of things you have to really look at before you even pull the trigger is just, you know, um, seeing not only emotionally, are you ready to go, but also does all the yeah. math work out for you? Well, that's a really good point about the emotion side too, you know, like you kind of have to have your ducks in a row. And it's Sometimes I, I would imagine it's kind of overwhelming to do that in a 30 day period, uh, which I always felt like, man, that's, but I guess you kind of got to get people to decide one way or another. Um, but, but man, I guess the first question and you just brought it up is, you know, this, is it enough to retire on? How do you, I guess, if we have listeners, I, I, I don't, wouldn't, I wouldn't know if they're necessarily at that point, but 
when that question starts to, or, or when they're getting close to retirement age, how do you go about that? And, you know, can you share with us kind of your thoughts? Like, how do you look at it and how did you look at it for our mother-in-law? Yeah, so there was a lot of things. <laughs> it was quite a bit of, it was a very interesting homework assignment, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, we have to really look at the type of expenses that, because to me, your expenses is really what's key to determine whether or not you have enough money. And I think that that part is going to be not very obvious to a lot of folks because in a way you have to think of it this way, right? If your expense, if you have a really high expense, that means you have to save up a lot more money in order to uh, meet those expenses after you retire. But if you have very low expenses, then, you know, your net, your retirement nest egg doesn't have to be that much. And especially when you no longer have an income stream, that's, uh, that's going to be very, a very scary moment. So you have to make sure that you have your expenses in check before, before you really want to retire. And Van, what kind of expenses do you typically think someone should be thinking about as their retirement? Because I will tell you, one of my challenges, even with my mom, you know, we were talking about not necessarily retirement, but, you know, like planning for, for retirement and, you know, that kind of next phase, if she does end up wanting to take a step back from the company business, et cetera, one of the questions our financial planner is asking, like, well, what is your expenses? And it was, you know, to be honest, it was challenging for especially that older generation. Maybe they didn't really think that way. So it, it was like pulling teeth with my mom to be like, well, like, what do you actually expect? And she just kept saying, I don't need any money. I'm like, you, you do. <laughs> you, you, you need money, uh, you know, to do whatever. Like, what does it look like? I mean, so any advice on kind of how do you even like, what are some of the more common expenses someone at least bare minimum should be thinking about? Right. So at the very least, you, ha you have to look at what you spend things month to month. Like, uh, for instance, do you still have a mortgage? Um, right. Do you have, uh, you know, any health insurance costs? Um, you know, how much do you normally spend on food every month and things like that? So ideally, I mean, before you, you would even make this consideration, it's, I, I would say, I always thought that, you know, when I'm ready to pull this trigger, uh, Kevin, yeah. that I would look at, you know, my personal capital or my mint account and look at mm -hmm. the last like few years of what, what I spent on. And then I would do an analysis say, okay, well, on average, I would spend this much on uh, groceries, this much on, you know, each category and all that. But yeah. you're right. Like when I, <laughs> when I had brought this up to, um, you know, mother-in-law and, and, uh, and, you know, dad-in-law, dad they were yeah. like, I don't know. Like we just spend about, you know, exactly. every month is different. And I'm like, um, <laughs> yeah, but it, I understand it's different, Sounds but like you have that. to really, we, yeah, we have to really hone down on what this right. expenses look like. Otherwise you wouldn't know yep. if whether or not it's going to be enough, um, in your nest egg, mm -hmm. because you know, to them, they just saw like, Oh, I'm going to get X amount every single month. That's guaranteed. And uh, I have this much in my retirement, but at, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, that's just one side of the equation and you need to have both sides of the equation, not, not only from your assets, but also what you're subtracting from those assets every single month. Yeah. So I would say if you, if, if you are already doing a good job with budgeting in general, then I think this, this problem is going to be pretty easy. But if you don't, yeah. then, I mean, you're going to have to be pulling out like, you know, all your credit card bills or like, you know, look at your bank statements and just really see yeah. what the real number is. Do you, do you feel like Van, like a rule of thumb that whatever that might be while you're working, they should maybe just have a buffer, a certain percentage on top of that. I would imagine people who retire, that's usually the kind of next phase of their life to do their, the traveling or, 
you know, obviously not right now, but maybe in the future, do the traveling. They're going to spend, obviously, they're going to probably spend more than they take in, quote unquote, at the time. Um, do you feel like, or have you read anything where it's like, maybe they should build a buffer or a percentage higher? Just curious what your thought is on that. A general rule of thumb of when you know you have enough is if you look at your annual expenses and you multiply it by 25 or 30 and, you know, okay. so basically 25x to, to 30x is what you're looking for in your annual expenses. And if you have that in your, let's say you're in your bank account today, then technically, or in your investments accounts today, then technically you can retire today and just say, you know, hmm, peace out to all your employers. Um, but uh, but again, like, you know, that's just kind of a general rule of thumb. Like for me, I, I think I would be more comfortable because I'm more conservative to be closer to the third 30x. But then to some other people, um, like I think, you know, our, our parents or our in-laws, they're, they're pretty frugal for the most part. And I, and I know that yeah. they, they don't no longer have a mortgage and yep. their expenses in general are, ge- are pretty low. However, I know he, he still wants to travel like at least twice a exactly. year and all that. Yep. And originally the number he gave me, I thought it was awfully high. <laughs> on his expenses and i didn't i thought that um i actually thought that oh, he, he can actually uh-huh. yeah it sounds like he was trying to get the same type of income that he was getting in you know before retirement and oh interesting. Yeah, so, so i don't think he wanted to like yeah, adjust his lifestyle at all he wanted to keep the same lifestyle and all that so we, we've mm-hmm. kind of built our plan around that but from a tax standpoint it kind of make uh, it kind of makes it more complicated so which is you know i'm going to bring that up a little bit later about the, some of the tax strategies that we we're trying to do gotcha. for them but regardless i mean talking about expenses yeah it, it was like pulling teeth but you know at yeah. the very least so we, we got a very conservative number from him and i think we're Good. you know we're working around that nice and and before we move on to kind of the next phase on, on here but i'm just curious uh, i want to break that equation because i think that seems like a very important rule of thumb there that you just gave us that little nugget 25 times to 30 times so just to clarify what you're saying is to evaluate whether or not today you're ready for retirement technically speaking using this rule you would take your annual expenses and multiply it by either a 25 multiple or 30 multiple depending on you know how frugal or or maybe you know not or how how conservative you want to be let's say um and as long as you have that technically in your assets whether that's liquid or retirement you're saying you're ready to you can technically retire based upon that earlier like um it's kind of weird to funny because earlier i, I said um in your bank account and then i changed to investments but uh, it really depends on you know where those like, accounts are, um, where the asset is laying as well because let's for instance let's say if all those assets is laying inside your house equity then that means you have to sell your house in order to get that out right? uh, or let's say point. if yep. it's in a, in a retirement account um, but you are not fifty nine and a half yet then um, you know you can't really touch that without getting penalized so it's just it, it depends on the type of where that money is located as well whereas um, in mother-in-law's case I mean she's already I think she's close to 60 if not there already so yep. I mean now she, she can t- definitely take you know out, out from a retirement account without any penalties so yeah um, it didn't really matter for her now does this take into account like when he says okay I'm ready to retire today but if you or at that time, and you want to make sure you have enough in your, like, or, or at least something in your estate to pass on to your children, that doesn't necessarily take that piece into, into account, right? That's just, like, in, if you wanted 25 or 30 times, but you actually wanted to conserve a portion of that for something else, it may, you might need to do, you might need to include some of that into your, your quote unquote expenses calculation, right? 
Um, you would, but I would say if you were closer to 30 times, then it should, it should be enough to, um, to leave for your heirs. But I mean, it just Got depends it. on how much you want to leave, right? Because are you yeah, trying, like, that's a good point. like, for instance, if, if you are just wanting, you know, because the way I see it, I think most people think that, you know, if when they die, like whatever's left over, they can go to the kids, right? But yeah, that's pretty normal. But I think for, let's say if you have kids who had like special needs and things like that, and they have to right. live off of a certain income, then yeah, yep. then that math is going to be way dif- definitely different. Yeah. No, thanks for clarifying that, man. Okay, well, you know, so so let's say they we have kind of asked that question: Is it enough to retire on? Right. I guess what are things people should really consider doing before taking that leap? Um, like, what what are, what are some of the things I guess like that we had our, mother, our mother-in-law have to think about or or consider before you actually said, okay, yes, this is the right thing to do. Sure. So, I mean, we talked about expenses um, and then we kind of talked about assets. So we had to really look at what, what type of assets she had. I mean, she had a really good retirement account and I think they have some cash, but so that, that was fine. And really after that, we just looked at what type of debts they have left. And in their case, yep. I don't think they had any <laughs> at all. Good. I mean, you're killing their house, which I think in, in some uh, to a lot of people that I speak to, um, I, I always, think it's a good idea to have your mortgage paid off before you do that because again it just comes down to lowering that expenses the more you can lower from your expenses that's you know that will definitely help so um yeah looking at really those were the, the kind of three cornerstones that i looked at um to make sure that she was okay so beyond that though there are a bunch of other little um detailed things that we also looked at yeah. that kind of relates to those three cornerstones gotcha i uh, do you want to talk about some of those things that you were looking at yeah. Um, so f- first of all was Texas, right? Because, um, yep. you know, what's kind of nice with, uh, with, you know, being a W2 employee is that, you know, you can have your taxes. Well, I mean, I think some people may think it's unpatriotic for, this, for the government to automatically take out money ahead of time from you. But <laughs> regardless, it's, it's done in a way where like by the end of the year, like you don't have to worry about it. Right. But in their case, like they're going to have to do a lot of tax planning up front. And kind of estimate how many, how much taxes they're going to be um, paying at the, you know, at the end of the year. So um, you really have to plan, like, you know, what those, uh, what's your, how much you're withdrawing, so that way you can account for the taxes that you're going to be paying. So that that's one. Um, secondly, we talked. To, I also looked at, you know, how to minimize RMDs, uh, and RMD stands for re, uh, what was it? Required minimum distributions. So, uh, Ke- Kevin, do you know what those are? Yeah, I think you talked about it last time. I mean, once you get to a certain age with your your retirement account, there are certain distributions that have to come out, right? Yeah, because at that point, Uncle Sam's going to want that that tax money. Yeah. Um, at, 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 yeah. So right now, at the age of seventy two, if you have a a balance inside of your you know, Roth IRA or not Roth IRA, I'm sorry, your traditional IRA or your four hundred one k, the IRS is going to mandate that you take out a minimum amount from your nest egg, so that way they can receive some of those taxes. Now, often in most cases though, like they re- would require to take out a lot more than what you would need. So that kind of sucks because it kind of pushes you to pay more in taxes or it may bump you, you into the next tax bracket, unfortunately. Yeah. If, if they were to do that. But, uh, you know, we were looking at ways to really minimize the amount of RMDs that it would take for, uh, by the time she's 72, which we have some time. So that, that's, that's good. Let's see the other parts. Most people don't realize this, but when you're in retirement, you still have to invest your money. <laughs> and, and that's mainly because if you, if you think that, you know, okay, once I retire, I can just put everything in cash. I mean, that's really dangerous, Kevin, because 
you have to consider ways to protect yourself against inflation, right? Because if you keep <laughs> stuffing money in, t- in, in your mattress, like it's just going to stay there, but um, it's not going to do you any good. So you're saying stuffing in a mattress is not a good idea. No, not generally not. That seems like <laughs> that seems like uh, not something we were taught. You say that, but I, when I talk to a lot of people, like I think when they retire, they, they they feel like they want almost zero risk, so they feel like they, they just need to just cash out their retirement, just put it in cash. Essentially, oh, really? Right? But okay. Yeah, well, nice yeah. corrected. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, maybe not a lot of people, but some people that I speak to, it's, they're just they just seem so risk averse, and they don't want their these are folks that are very scared of having any of their principal like decrease at all. Um, you know, like, gotcha. especially imagine gotcha. if she had retired in December of 2019 and then March happened, like, holy crap, that, that is scary. Uh, you yeah. know, when you don't have an actual income stream, right? So in order for you to, for your investments to uh, outlive you, then you definitely still have to invest and still take some risk in your, um, in your investment. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, but I mean, that's not to say though. Like you could, um, you should still make it more not as aggressive by introducing like bonds and things like that. But a good portion of the the, the Nasdaq should still be invested in like stocks or something that has some good growth growth potential in the future. Gotcha. Very cool. So we talked about RMDs, talked about taxes, the importance of continuing to invest. Um, what else do did kind of what are, what are other things on that checklist? Uh, next part, the thing I looked at was Social Security, and that was a biggie because father-in-law he already is receiving Social Security, which is which is good, and the likelihood of her receiving Social Security in the next few years is also really high. So we had to factor in Social Security to see you know how much which she will be getting uh, when she decides to take Social Security, and um, that is was well, really a great way to really supplement her. Um, her income uh, in her retirement year. So that, that was, that was a good thing. Um, and I don't know if everybody know this, especially some of the younger folks, but you can actually go to the social security.gov and look at what your potential monthly payment will look like from a social security. Um, and I think that's always very cool to see <laughs> because oh, you know, with social okay. security, th- yeah, they actually keep track of all of your income that you've made like every single year, because, you know, we all pay uh, social security taxes and, when you go to this website, you can actually see a projection of what your uh, what your potential you know social security check will look like. So that, that that's something kind of neat to look at. Oh, did you end up uh, looking at that for yourself? <laughs> um, I mean, I've looked at it. I looked at it for myself mainly because um, you know my I had to do it for my dad not so long ago, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna check it, look at it myself to see what I would get. But I mean, for the young folks, I think there's still a lot of uncertainty with Social Security, whether or not you know if that's gonna be the real number. But I figure you know it's just something fun to look at. <laughs> but for somebody like you know that's in their uh, 60s or late 50s, um, that number is probably a very realistic number. Interesting. Interesting. Cool. All right. Let's. What else? I'm just going to bring up one more thing uh, because my other list was kind of long, but really medical insurance was another biggie because that this is, I have to tell you, Kevin, with medical insurance, this is probably like my biggest fear, especially living in the United States. And I know with the Trump administration trying to get rid of Obamacare and you know medical insurance being so expensive for anybody under the age of 65 or making you know a higher income that they don't qualify for like you know some some uh, government medical ins- uh, insurance assistance and all that but yeah medical insurance was a biggie especially um in this country 
But the good news for her was, um, you know, their uh, the pension package did include a really good medical benefit. So she was covered there. But I think for most retirees, uh, medical insurance is going to be something that you have to really look at and know like what your premiums are going to be and like expect like these premiums to increase year by year, like, you know, like inflation would, you know, that's, that's a real biggie there. Yeah, man, a lot of considerations for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there was a couple of other ones, but I think we're kind of a little bit long now. <laughs> I'm yeah, trying to no. I figured, you know, the ones that I mentioned so far, I think they're the major points that you have to consider before you even yeah. consider retiring. And all of these for our mother-in-law, you've, you definitely looked into, right? That's, that's, that's Absolutely. kind of partly how you looked at it. Cool. Well, let's, let's kind of go to the, the kind of the final section here. It's kind of like, we just talked about things we would do before uh, evaluating whether retirement makes sense. Once you retire, which our mother-in-law has done officially as of earlier this month, I guess, what are you, is it kind of like, hey, we're all done, like no retirement's party time, or I guess, what are some good steps to take, even though you've crossed the, you've crossed, crossed that threshold, you know, what are, what are some things that people should think about? I think a lot of people think that saving up for retirement is really hard, but I got to tell you, like, Figuring out what to do and how to optimize his retirement money is the hardest part, I feel, because oh, I think there's a lot at risk there, right? Because, yeah, if you, if you screw it up, you're like, you're screwed. <laughs> like, you know? So it's, it's just something. Um, so, but I, I figured there were other, there were things that you can do to help minimize that risk is kind of what I'm trying to, you know, circle back to. So, you know, first thing and foremost is really your budget is going to be the one most important thing that you're going to have to pay attention to after retirement because you're going to have to, you know, you have to make sure that you're not overspending what you had already projected because if you end up overspending, like, especially in your early years, Kevin, then it's going to impact like how much that, um, you know, that NESIC is going to uh, compound in, in their growth um, in the later years. And for somebody like mother-in-law, I mean, she's probably going to live like in her mid nineties. If not, I wouldn't be surprised if she reaches a hundred years old, Kevin. Yeah. If that's the case, then she still has a, a very long lifetime, I mean, longer than what she's been working <laughs> to like really sustain this money, right? So really, uh, one way to make sure that this money can be responsibly sustained is just ensure that you're, you're keeping it really close eye on your budget. So once you retire, though, do you find, in other words, like I, I get the sense, and again, obviously, I have no experience in retirement yet. Neither of us do. But I would imagine there is some level of like, I don't know what's the best way to say Like after you win the lottery, right? You get the sense of like, oh, you know, I just came into all this money. I, I need to do something, right? Do you sense that there's a lot of, I guess, mistakes that happen once people get to that retirement? I feel like I get the sense that there's this level of like, well, now it's time to travel. You hear a lot of these things about like, I've been saving, 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 and now I'm going to enjoy it. But it's interesting that your first thing on here was keep that eye on the budget, you know, because at the end of the day, you also don't want to, you, you went into it with a plan. That's why it's called retirement planning, right? <laughs> you have to, yeah. you have to have that plan. And, but then it's once you have the plan, you have to retirement winging it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause I can totally see someone saying, you know, okay, I got my 30 K I'm going to retire. Now I'm just going to like spend beyond. But in some ways that's really bad because your 30, your 25, 30X, whatever, is really based upon a very structured way of looking at your expenses. And if you stray from that, then that whole model just throws goes out the window, right? Oh, for sure. 
For sure. Yeah, because um, that kind of goes along with the lines of planning things too, right? Because that's why I like, uh, if I were to pull the trigger today, Kevin, I would seriously look at the la- at last, at least year or two of expense. I mean, this year is a bad year because we, the whole sure. COVID, <laughs> but I yeah. would look at like maybe 2019, 2018 to see, you know, what, if we plan to like travel at least once or twice a year, then, you know, yeah. plan for that, keep that, put that in your budget. Or if you yeah. plan to buy a car, put that in your budget, you know, and then things like that. So that way, you don't really have an excuse <laughs> to to exactly. overspend, I, and and I know life happens and things like uh, there there'll be times when you need to overspend and all that. But if you're going to overspend in one month, then the next month you're going to have to reduce that spending, right? So yeah, um, because your job, right? af- yeah, exactly, and your job after yeah. you retire is to make sure that money lasts. So yeah, yeah, you. So that's why we we always stress the importance of it, you know, while yeah. you're working. But when you're a retired person, man, like yeah, budgeting is. Like I would say that's number one. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. And, and just kind of two points to add on. Uh, and I'm sure Van, you would agree. It's kind of like when it comes to retirement budgeting, it's even more important, right? Because whereas when you're working and you're budgeting, you, let's say you blow through your budget one month, like you can make active steps to, to make changes on the following because you can actually, you're still earning income, right? If you accidentally blow through your budget, in retirement for maybe four or five months and you're spending way more than you are planning. You like, you literally have no other money unless you go and work, you know, there's a limited nest egg. I mean, maybe your retirement continues to make money through different stocks and all that, but that's a risky way to live. Right. I mean, it's just, absolutely. I mean, it's scary. Think of it this way too, because if you're counting on this money to like make more money and compound for you. And so the more money um, you take out of your retirement account, it's not going to have as many dollars to really help you yeah. grow that money in the future. And in the beginning, it's, it's especially like very tempting to overspend because you're like, Oh man, like I have, you know, all this money now. <laughs> like you said, like you won, you won the lottery, but you don't, you know, you're going to have to factor in like, you know, um, years that years where the, the market is in the bear market for a, a quite a lengthy amount of time. You're yeah. going to have to ensure, you know, the budget is going to help you to sustain times of bad and times of good, right? And when in times yeah. of good, I would say if you if you are projecting out like uh you know, you, if you made a killing that year, I mean, you may be have some you may have some wiggle room to like increase your spending like that particular month and so forth, but still yeah. like I would still have a plan to make sure that you are in on target on your spending. And now, I mean, we haven't really talked about inflation yet, but I mean, you, you still have to give yourself room to increase your standard of living year by year because of inflation. Exactly. Um, so yep. you, that's still something you also have to consider as well. So like for instance, if you're saying that I just need 40,000 a year every every single year to live on, yep. 20 years from now like $40,000 is going to be like $20,000 so Pennies. you have to make sure yeah. that you're going to yeah, you're going to have to make sure to continue to increase year by year on your withdrawal so that way you can really keep up with inflation and make sure that you can still keep your original standard of living or your consistent standard of living let's put it that way yeah and I, you know the one takeaway i have from this discussion too van it's kind of like the importance of being really honest about what you're going to do right like don't try to be like well i, I want to make this look pretty even though in the back of your mind you know you're going to want to buy that car right if you're going to buy that car you're going to buy whatever you know you're going to spend like whatever like you you really are doing yourself a disservice if you don't put it in i mean at the end of the day the only person that will impact is yourself because it's your it's your retirement right so um i i really think it's a good point that you brought up here about just like you said, if you're going to go on vacation 
two times a year, like our father-in-law. <laughs> he has dictated that to be the <laughs> the rule. The, the norm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the norm. And I, I think that's actually very, actually very smart, you know, to make that clear that that's going to happen. And therefore, when you are helping our mother-in-law make that decision, it impacts your analysis, right? Of like, oh, do you have it? That's a, I, I thought this was a good place to end it. I mean, in terms of like, hey, you really need to be honest about where it is. And retirement, just because you get there, you know, congratulations, woohoo. But it's not necessarily like now all the rules are gone. You know, you still have to abide by some of the same principles that got you there. So that's interesting. But I, I yeah, because I was curious why you added this section about things to do after retirement, you know, because usually people, it's like the goal line is retirement. You know, you don't really hear about like, well, what happens on the other side of it? <laughs> that's a, um, but that's interesting. Van, you mentioned you have one more, one other kind of uh, item to talk about besides budgeting, right? Right. Yeah. Um, really, the last thing I really want to bring up here is the emergency fund. And in years of, of like, let's say where the stock market is doing poorly, you would want to try to avoid pulling you know, money out of when uh, the markets are like that. So in my opinion, um, I think it's, it's good to have an emergency fund of at least one to three years worth of cash or some asset that doesn't, that you can guarantee the principal of. So that way, when times are bad, then you can kind of weather the storm, let's put it that way, with this cash until, yeah. um, you know, until the stock market goes back up again. The main reason for that is just you want to have like a backup plan when like the, you know, the economy goes south <laughs> and this cash, this extra set of cash is, is going to be what that backup plan is. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to, to kind of put a, put a note in it. So Van, any other, I guess, before we close out, any other, I guess, points that you might want to bring up? Um, obviously, congrats to our mother-in-law <laughs> for reaching a pretty cool milestone. Um, she seems very happy. She has an exercise bike now. That was that was the biggest surprise in my mind. <laughs> you know, it's an exercise bike that she ended up not liking. So. Oh, is that right? <laughs> so they're asking me to like figure out how to sell it and all that. And I'm like, oh, oh how geez. funny! Like, <laughs> but there's well, a different one that uh, we're supposed to get her. But uh, that would probably be a good Christmas gift. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, folks, uh, if you have any other topics, any other suggestions, uh, Van and I are definitely always open to different ideas. Um, so please reach out to us at a word about wealth at gmail.com. Please rate and review us if you haven't done so already. And Van, of course, do you want to just, just kind of chat a little bit about your, kind of your side business? Right. Um, you know, we should have done that in the beginning, but, um, if you or anybody that you know would like to have a one-on-one -on -one, uh, financial coaching or counseling Daddy, session, uh, please. Is it too boring, Jan? Oh, Eden? <laughs> you guys are the worst. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. All right. Let me start that again. Hey, Hannah, what are you doing? Where's mama? Sleeping. Is she sleeping? Uh, she's the worst guard person. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, I lost my train of thought. All right. Yeah. If um, you guys, or if you or anybody you know would like to do some one-on-one uh, -on -one financial coaching or some sort of financial counseling, uh, please let me know. Um, I, I do have a business called Self-Reliant uh, Financial Independence that I run. If you are interested, please send me an email at selfreliantfi at gmail.com and yeah, we can get you started on that. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Take care, everyone.